Hey friends, welcome to the Not About Me podcast. I'm your host, Kay Taylor, and I'm really glad you're here. It's a new year, so happy new year, guys. We're in a series called The Goodness of God. So today we have another guest that's here, and they're going to talk to you about God's goodness, specifically through loss, financial hardships, difficulty finding a job, you name it, they probably walk through it. So let's not waste time. Let's get started on the Not About Me podcast. So I'm bringing on a good friend and we've become friends in the last two years probably. And we bonded over our celiac disease, which is a gluten intolerance. And Crystal had that too. And she shared that, but that's that part that got like edited out unintentionally for the last podcast. But anyway, this is Amy and, and you've met her husband, Dane. Dane is a pastor at Harvest and Amy and I were conversating one night after a fire worship mm-hmm. And you were sharing some of the things that I think a lot of our, our listeners go through, but they just don't talk about it. And you don't share it typically on social media. Mm-hmm. And so introduce yourself and we'll get into that. Okay. Um, well, I'm Amy Skipper and I'm the wife of Dane Skipper, who is the small groups pastor. And a lot of people are still trying to put the two of us together because being a pastor's wife a lot of times means you're kind of in and out mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Um, and typically Sunday morning is a very busy work day for him. So right. you may or may not see us together on Sunday mornings. Um, we've been married for almost 20 years. Our 20 wow. year anniversary is coming up this month. That's about, awesome. Well, let's see, 10 days because today's the first. And we have two kids. Uh, Jabin is very active in youth and helping with Um, different things around church he's 16 and a junior and then Bella is I thought he was older no he's only a junior wow he's only he looks like it with all that scruff he's He's trying to catch up with his daddy he is I love it he's trying he's got a long way to go (laughs) Dane actually didn't grow a really good beard until his 30s yeah so he was kind of scruffy like his son and then Bella is nine and she's also very active in kids. She does the dance team on Sunday mornings twice a month. So we're very busy and active family. I love that. You were sharing some of the things that you guys have been through in your 20 years together. It hasn't always been roses. Oh no. (laughs) So uh, what are some things that you guys had to learn to walk through together? Um, Well, obviously just, when we first got married, we were very young, um, at least to us. We were high school sweethearts. We started dating in high school. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, believe it or not, he was the quiet guy who moved in from out of town. His dad was military, so he moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was a very outgoing, talkative person, like I still am. <laughs> and um, he was the shy guy that moved in to Spanish class in my 10th grade year. Uh-huh. And I was bound and determined to get the guy in the quiet in the corner to talk. To talk. Yes. Yes. And so we actually became really good friends. We actually started doing ministry together in high school. Oh, cool. We led CU at the pole together and all this stuff. And then um, slowly but surely, some friends of ours started pointing out, hey, I think you two like each other. And I was like, no, I don't want to ruin a friendship. And yeah. here we are 20 years later. Um, so... We got married after I graduated college and we were just learning to do ministry together, do life together. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, he was a a pastor at the little Cottonwood Church there. Mm -hmm. And after being there for about three or four years, he really just kind of felt led a different direction and decided to start his own vinyl siding company mm-hmm. and didn't really like leave the ministry, but left out of pastoring. He just didn't right. feel like that was the path he was supposed to go on. 
and was really trying to pursue music. Um, his first passion's always been playing guitar and leading worship. Um, That's how I introduced Ben to Dane. Yeah. <laughs> I kept saying Dane, and he's like, who's Dane? I was like, the guy on stage with the beard playing. <laughs> that guy with the guitar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he actually... Um, funny story about him side story that's okay he was in a, a punk rock christian band really yes when we are were there in cds high school. that exist there I'm was sure. one and i have pictures and he tried dyeing his hair blonde and it turned it orange for his yes. senior year in high school fun stuff yep so i've been there through it all learning to play guitar bad hair days out. yeah bad hair days ministry <laughs> stuff um Following him or him and his little groupies around, you know, and yeah. uh, going to all the different things. So it was a really unique, unique experience. So, yeah. but yeah, he was like punk rock Christian. So, so getting into ministry, you guys were leading ministry at your school. Well, we were very blessed. We had a group of friends that all went to different churches. We grew up, I grew up in a really small community. We were Hitchcock, Florida, mm -hmm. um, where there's literally like a we church on every. anybody to spell that. It's okay. It's, we can call it Wall for short. Okay, so. there we go. <laughs> um, but so we were just blessed. We had um, friends that were Assembly of God. He was going to the Baptist church. I was going to the Methodist church. Mm -hmm. um, literally the Methodist parsonage and the, and the Baptist parsonage were across the street from each other. And we just had a really good group of supporting adults that supported us as teenagers that said, hey, come hang out here. Yeah. What can we do to help? Um, and so we just really kind of started outreach, you know, from there. And, and really, the Lord really got my attention when I was 16. Mm. Um, and I really just became on fire and wanted to minister to others and wanted to reach out to my classmates who weren't saved. And he had the same passion along with some of these other friends. So we had a very unique experience. I think a lot of high schoolers desire, but it's easier to do when you have that support system. Do you think that's because some of the adults are like, you don't know anything yet. You've not experienced life. You don't know what you're talking about. I think for us, we had those, those adults in our life that let us take some of that mm -hmm. and say, okay, this is what I see the Lord's doing. So I'm going to support you in that. And that does make a difference yeah. um, when you have that type of um, environment. And that's one thing I love about Harvest for our kids. Mm -hmm. You know, they allow them to have those ministry opportunities and they seek out and say, hey, I think you're gifted in this area. Let's help you develop that. And, you know, that's what everybody needs. We need that person to come alongside of us and help right. develop that. Right. Um, so that was, that was uh, very encouraging. But so anyway, so we walk through, um, you know, all of that, you know, really just believing that God was going to provide and we were going to do all this stuff. And when he started his vital siding company, I was working as a teacher mm -hmm. and we ended up, we we're getting ready to start a family. We just bought our little house in Cottonwood and I had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. um, and then we got pregnant with Jabin. And then after Jabin was born, when he was about eight and a half months, nine months old, we were surprised pregnant and I miscarried that child as well. Oh, wow. And so after that, I told Dane, I said, I don't want to go work anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to stay at home. Yeah. Well, we um, decided to, that I would leave teaching. I would be a stay at home mom and take care of Jabin and loved it. And vinyl siding was going great until 2008 and the housing market oh, yeah. crashed. And yeah. here we are, a young couple with a young child and no income mm -hmm. um and we really didn't we weren't very wise we didn't set up a lot of emergency backup plans backup funds all this stuff um but here we were and we were just like okay lord we're gonna have to make this work mm -hmm. 
And so I tried to get back into teaching and unlike today's market where there's a teacher shortage, there was an overabundance of teachers at that mm -hmm. time. And so yeah. trying to get back in after having some years of experience, it was easier for them to hire somebody fresh out of college because they didn't have to pay them as much. Uh -huh. And so I was really struggling to find full time work. And, um, you know, I was at desires of, you know, we wanted to work on our house. We wanted to have another child. And all these dreams that we had were suddenly put on hold. Yeah. And it was very, a very challenging time. We had a very, very tight budget. Um, I think back to what our budget was now. And I'm like, I spend that every time I walk into Walmart, much less for the week, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, so easy. Yeah. I mean, it's like, how in the world did we survive? And we lived off of a lot of bologna sandwiches. This was obviously before I knew I had celiac. So, yeah. um, you know, You're like did, I'm eating bread and why am I getting sick? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think the Lord just preserved me through that, honestly, because I didn't get super sick during that time. Um, mm -hmm. I went through a very long time period where I didn't have any noticeable illness signs. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember one night when we had just, I mean, we literally just run out of money. We, we had $5 in our pocket to go buy hot dogs and we grilled them over the fire Oh yeah, and, you know, ate and, um, I went and gave Javen a bath by candlelight because our electricity bill mm -hmm. had come due and we didn't have the money to pay it. And so, but looking back to those nights, those are memorable time points where, you know, we still had a house yep. and we still had food on our table. Mm -hmm. You know, we still had what we needed. Yeah. We may not have what we wanted, but we had what we needed. There's that thing, want versus need. Yes, there's a difference. Yeah. Um, and so I started trying to find work, whatever I could do, and I actually ran a paper route for six months to help make ends meet because I just could not really find a job. Yeah. Um, I did uh, daycare because obviously – you know, when you have a child and you have to put them in daycare, you have to have money. It's expensive. It's very expensive. So yeah. we were kind of caught in that trap of, okay, well, we, I need a job, but right. we also need the money to pay for daycare. And, and we couldn't find enough to balance. So I ended up um, running the paper route and then working at daycare. And that helped cut the cost because I worked at the daycare until I could find um, supplemental teaching jobs. Yeah. And so we pushed through that um, still with just serving the Lord. We were still doing ministry. We were still... I mean, trying to bless people as much as we could, even though we were barely holding on. So how does that work? I mean, you're like, I have nothing. You know, like I don't even have lights on in my house. And yet I've got to show up and do ministry. Like my mind is trying to wrap around that. I sometimes look back and go, how did we do that? Yeah. You know, how do you put that smile on your face and still push forward? But I think it was just knowing that. I don't know. For me, it was kind of like there's a lot at the end of the tunnel. Mm hmm. You know, God's going to walk us through this. You know, it says that, you know, count it all joy when you trace, you know, when you face these trials and tribulations, you know. And and I remember thinking to myself, how do I count this joy when I'm facing this situation? Well, I think the joy comes from knowing that he's got us. Mm. He never let us go. He always had our hand. And I held on to the promise that, you know, if we if we keep holding on, he's going to get us through. Right. You know, and just believing that he's a good father and that he was going to push through. Now, obviously, I had times where I wanted to throw my hands up and go, Lord, what in the world? Yeah. You know, why? Yeah. Why is this happening? And we did. We had those conversations of, you know, we see these other people and like, well, how come it's easy for them and not for us? But at the same time. I think there was some pruning in, in us that had to happen. Mm -hmm. And just like we would discipline our own children, 
I think sometimes God allows you to go through certain things to grow something in you that yeah. otherwise would not have been there. Right. You know, because um, it produces in you something completely different. Yeah. When you walk through those tough times. But um, I don't know. We just kept showing up and believing that God had something better for us, that he was going to work everything out, that he had a plan and he had a purpose. And little did we know walking through that situation helped us walk through another major situation just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Ended up finally got a full time job. And I remember that that year I was asked to come back because I'd found several jobs. But every year at the end of the year, they'd let me go. Right. And it was just this constant turnover. And so finally, I was asked back to go back to Cloverdale here mm -hmm. in Dothan. And I remember looking at Dana and I said, okay, can we afford to have another baby? Can we have it? I want another child. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so that's why Jabin and Bella are so spread out um, age-wise. And so I ended up working full-time at Cloverdale for eight years, but always had a desire to work at Cottonwood. Mm -hmm. I had tried for years to get on at Cottonwood. Um, we lived right behind the school and just really had that desire. And it, I'd applied and applied and applied, and I just felt like God never really opened that door. And I'd really just given up on that. In 2018, Hurricane Michael hit. Mm -hmm. And Dane at the time, probably about three or four years prior, had felt that we, we'd been doing bivocational ministry for years, pretty right. much ever since he left. When Jabin, before Jabin was even born, he had been doing bivocational um, ministry. We had been a couple different churches. And at this time, we were at Grace Point, mm -hmm. um, which is now Victory Family. Mm -hmm. So we were out at Grace Point um, with Jeff Peacock, who's over the ark now. We just had this desire. Dane did. He said, I feel like I'm called back to full-time ministry, but I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. And I feel like I'm called back. So we were just kind of walking through going, okay, Lord, you know, you're going to open some doors, all these different things. And when Hurricane Michael hit, Dane was working as a hearing aid specialist in Florida, mm -hmm. in Mariana. And he would drive to work. And Mariana was hit a lot harder than our Dothan area. Right. And so the parent company is out of New Jersey. And, and they basically said, we're going to shut down the Panama City Clinic. We're going to shut down the Mariana Clinic because the people in this area are not going to be looking for hearing aids. They're, they've got to recover. Yeah, they're um, going to be re rebuilding yeah, they're re houses. Rebuilding lives. houses, rebuilding lives. Yes. So they just knew that they had to pull that pull out. That was in October. For the month of November, Dane drove to um, close to Tampa, Florida to go work at a clinic there. Oh, wow. um, and so I was single mom in it yeah. um, during the week. And he'd come home on the weekends. And I'll never forget, he came home one day and I knew. Like they had said. You just knew. I just knew. Yeah. They were saying, okay, you've got to make a decision. Yeah. And so we had a couple options on the table. At this point, we had started um, attending Harvest. I want to say it was like, or maybe we had just talked about started attending Harvest. We'd always visited Harvest in between places. We always felt like Harvest was kind of home. Yeah. Um, if when we were in between, we'd come visit and all this. And so it just made sense when we felt led to leave Grace Point that we came over here and just became members, which right. was a different experience for me. I never had to really walk through that. We'd always just kind of been in ministry. Yeah. So for me, it was refreshing to have that moment of just sure being here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he came home and I knew that, that we were going to have to make a decision. I was just like, okay, what do we do? You know, how does this work out? And so I remember I called Crystal actually on the phone that night and I said, okay, I don't really know how this is going to work out. I said, but option A is we move. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I said, I don't want to move Tampa. To, close to Tampa. Yeah. Away from family, away from here, you know, away from everything. I said, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, I didn't even want to go. He wanted me to drive down one day and look at the area, and I didn't even go. I was like, I'm not going. <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. that ain't happening. <laughs> That's yeah. not even on the table. Um, option B was we had some friends in ministry that we were in ministry with years ago, and uh, they were in Arkansas at the time. So we went and actually visited their church and stayed with them in Arkansas. Okay. So that was option two was to move and do ministry with them. Okay. And I remember the whole ride home, we didn't talk about it. We got, we were probably home for a day or two and I looked at him and we both kind of looked at each other and were like, no, that's not where we're supposed to be either. Mm. And then option three was we stay here with no job on the horizon. For him. Yeah. For him. There was nothing. Um, and we stay here, um, so we could attend harvest and eventually I just felt in my spirit that he was supposed to be here mm-hmm. and that he was supposed to be on staff. I had no idea how that was going to happen, yeah. but I remember telling her on the phone, I said, it's going to be option C. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't yeah. know what we're going to do as far as finances, what we're going to do to, to do this, but we're going to make it. Mm-hmm. And because of what we'd went through in our early years of marriage, I knew it would be fine. Yeah, We had complete peace, complete, you know, like we've got this cause God's got us. Yeah. And so the snowball started to happen. Um, he ended up having somebody offer him a job for the guy was like, you can work here for a month. You can work here for a year. You can work here the rest of your life. I don't care because I feel like you're supposed to stay here so you can be at harvest. Oh, wow. Yes. And wow. So, yeah. So I was like, okay, Lord's doing something. And so that was in January. He started working there. Um Dothan City Schools was restructuring. So here I am faced with having to move to a new school. Our school is getting ready to close down. Um, I had completely put Cottonwood like out of my mind. Yeah. I had given up on that. I was like, you know, it's just not meant to be. I'll just be in Dothan City Schools till I retire. So at the end of the year, Cloverdale closed. I moved to Hidden Lake, went ahead and moved all my stuff over in the mm-hmm. summer. And out of the blue, the instructional coach at, at Cottonwood messaged me and she had taught Jabin. She knew I wanted to work there. I'd, I'd been several times and talked to different people and she messaged me. She said, Hey, we have a job coming open. You ought to apply. And this is in the summer of uh, 2019 now. Mm-hmm. And I told her no, because I said, you know, my husband's job, I said, we don't really have anything to, you know, full time for him. Because when you move from city to county, you lose tenure. So I could be put in a situation where if I went to work there yeah. and they decide to cut me at the end of the year, we're back to where we were. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, do I, you know, what You're do we You're trying do? to plan. Mm-hmm, I'm trying to plan. God had a plan, though. Yeah. <laughs> Much better than what I could plan. Yeah. That was, I think it was like on a Tuesday. Well, the, we still lived in Cottonwood at the time, and our we have a, had a lot of land out there. And so the ag teacher that also worked at Cottonwood a friend of ours, he would come cut our grass. Well, he came to cut our grass and I don't normally go out and hand him money when he's there. I normally just pay him later, but I was home. And so I stepped out and talked to him and he looked at me and said, Hey, we got a job coming open at Cottonwood. You ought to apply for that job. You've always wanted to work out here. So within two times, two times in less than 24 hours. So I, I messaged wow. him and I said, I'm applying for this job and I don't know what's going to happen. Well, the next week I went for an interview, knew I had the job. Started working at, at Cottonwood. That was in August of 2019. Yeah. In September 2019, Dane was hired on as small groups pastor. Wow. At Harvest. Yeah. In November, 
Uh, we had an opportunity to move to Dothan, which Dane had always wanted to do, but I told him I would not move unless our, I worked at Cottonwood so our kids could stay at Cottonwood. I didn't yeah. want them in the Dothan City School school District. That yeah. was just me personally. Yeah. And so um, the door opened up for that. And the cool thing about that is Bella was in kindergarten at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, no, she was first grade. So this was when she was in first grade. And we're standing in our little kitchen the week of Thanksgiving. We knew that we were going to go look at the house. We had not men- mentioned anything to the kids about uh-huh. possibly moving. We didn't want to get any hopes up. Right, yeah. And trying so, to protect their feelings. Yeah, we were trying to just watch out for them. Yeah. And so I'm standing there, and it was a week of Thanksgiving because I was off, and I was cooking us lunch in our little bitty house in Cottonwood. And she looks up at me, and she says, Mama, I know God's got a house for us. And I kind of paused and I looked at her and I said, really? She said, yeah, I've been praying that God's going to give us a house. I know he's got a house for us somewhere because we need a new house, mommy. A first grader. First grader. Yeah. Six. Wow. And so I texted Dane. I said, have you said anything about going to look? And we were going to look at the house that night. Oh, uh, really? Yes, that night. I said, have you said anything about looking at the house tonight to the kids? You know, and he said, no, I haven't. I said, well, this is what your daughter just said. And I got a text back that said, wow. And so we ended up going and we were turning on the back road on Taylor Road, heading to our house and that we live in now. Uh-huh. And in the back seat, Jabin said, hmm, we've never been this way before. I said, yeah, we're going to go meet daddy somewhere. Uh-huh. We turn on to Fern Drive where we live now and Bella starts screaming from the back of the van. God gave us a house. I knew he had a house for us. And so, I mean, it was just like give you chill bumps. Had like, you talked to a realtor at this point, or you just were like, no, we had like, it was a it was a, a person here at church okay. that had known that we wanted to move. Just yeah. these things had unfolded. Yes, you know, like I said, things we've been praying about, and so that was in November, and we um, ended up moving. Uh, I want to we were we we were able to do a little bit of updating in the house. Um, the landlord allowed us to do that, and mm-hmm. so. We ended up moving in February to Dothan. And so God just, all these things that we really had just decided, you know, we may or may not have this happen. Mm -hmm. Um, These desires that we'd had for years, suddenly the snowball, just the floodgates opened up. Um, And I remember sitting there one night, you know, just thinking to myself, why do we deserve this? Mm. And then I was like, we don't, but we have a good father. Ooh, who loves good. us, you know, and sometimes I think back to the things that we went through and sometimes I feel like our, our story is like a lifetime story, you know, like one of the lifetime movies. Movie. Yes. Yeah, it could be because um, there's even more things that God blessed us with that just blew our minds that we were just like, this is not even possible. But he was like, oh, OK, so this is just the cherry on the top, you know. Yeah. For me, I think. The reason why God did bless us is because while we walked through the hard thing, we constantly had to remind ourselves that no matter what, he is still good. Mm. He's still a good father. Yeah. And we may be going through a trial and we may be going through a struggle, but just because we're in that situation, it doesn't mean he doesn't see us. Right. And I don't know if you've watched The Chosen, for any of you out there that haven't listened, it's good good to watch. But the episode when Jesus looks at um, Eden and says, I see you. Mm -hmm. That just makes me tear up every Mm -hmm. time I watch that episode. Because I think for people, when they go through trials, they feel like God doesn't see them or God's not there. 
but I always felt like he was right there holding me in the midst of when I'm crying, you know, in the shower because I'm frustrated or I'm, you know, having those moments in the car going, Lord, why are we walking through this? Why is this so hard? And realizing that because we had walked through those trials, not only could we be a blessing to other people, you know, I can look now at people and say, you know, you can make it through. Mm -hmm. And I can also look at them and say, I understand. I might not be going through the same situation you are, Mm -hmm. but I understand the hurt and the pain and the frustration you're feeling. But I promise if you hold on, there's a plan and a purpose. And it's not saying that you're always going to get every desire that you have. Um, I think sometimes people think that you're supposed to just be blessed with whatever you want. But we never had everything we wanted. We had everything we needed. But I feel like because of our obedience through that time period, God also gave us some of our wants, Mm. you know, where we were able to really have those things that we had been praying about for not just a week or a month or a year, but for years we had been seeking out. You guys walk through so much. And like, I think people think that like, if I just have, if God gives, if if God's word says, he'll give me the desires of my heart. I'm desiring this. Mm-hmm. Why don't I have it? Right. And well, God provides, but I don't have electricity in my house mm-hmm. or God provides food, but I'm not eating a steak, mm-hmm. you know, but right. like, anyway, so you said you had scripture. Yeah. Romans 5 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. Mm. And, you know, a lot of times people want to go to the hope without going through the other stuff. Yeah. You know, because it says knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance then produces character and then out of character develops that hope. And then James 1 was also... Oh, I've been reading James. I love James. Mm-hmm. James and Proverbs right now are my jam. Oh, I know. I love James, too. James 1, uh, 1 verses 2. I'm not even sure where I'm going to stop, but it'll start in That's 2. Okay. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Mm. And too often, how many times have you heard it said, don't pray for what? Patience. Oh, no. Yeah, I did that one time. <laughs> I was like, never mind, God, I changed my mind. Yeah, but in the same part, though, it says that, and I actually wrote off to the side, when I let the testing of my faith produce patience, it then can have its perfect work. So I lack nothing and I'm complete. Ooh, yeah. I think we desire that, that completeness. We desire the completeness, but we don't want to we'll go do through the work. process. Yeah. You know, and it kind of reminds me of the refiner's fire. I feel like for years we were kind of walking through the refiner's fire. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you're bringing out pure gold in the refiner's fire, you can't just have it haphazardly happen. It's not a microwave 
mentality. Right. It's a process. Yeah. And too often I feel like as Christians, we want to have the prize of the marathon without the marathon. Mm. You know, you want, you want to have the everything all at one time, but it's a process. God's got to bring these things to the top to refine us and to, to scrape off and to keep bringing those things up. And even as being a believer since I was 16 and really grow, I mean, I grew up in church, but God really got a hold of me at age 16. Mm -hmm. There's still things that he's bringing to the surface and refining. And so if we allow God to, to produce in us that patience and that we have that patience, then I think those going through trials and tribulations and all these different things, when you go through that and allow him to produce in you that patience, mm -hmm. then you don't lack anything. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of our story Yeah, that we walk through and we had patience. Um, we had the ability to see the big picture and say, you know, God, God has us here. And I'll never forget one morning I was running my paper route. And if, I got the papers on time. I'd be finishing up about sunrise. Ooh. Well, if you've ever been out watching a sunrise, there is this time right before the sun comes over the horizon. That's mm -hmm. gray. Mm -hmm. Like you know the light's coming, but you can't see the sun yet. Right. And I'll never forget. I was at my one of my favorite neighborhoods because I was always dreaming of a larger house and a better neighborhood sure. and a better life. You yeah, know? yeah. When you're going through things, you're kind of always looking ahead. And I was at this really nice neighborhood. And I remember the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, the sun's going to rise. Just hold on a little longer. Ooh. And now when I see a sunrise coming up, if I'm up at that point, I go back to that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, we were really struggling financially. And I think to myself, I can walk through anything because he's good. He's faithful. And the sun's still there. We may not see it, right. but the sun's there. Yeah. Same thing with when we're going through things. We may not see the sun. We may not see Jesus, but he's there with us mm. if we just hold on a little longer. And I think to um, having a community mm -hmm. of people that you can confide in, a community that knows you know your needs and, yeah. and can come alongside of you helps um, for sure. But just holding on and believing that he is good and he is faithful and that he's going to see us through. And we may not have the mansion on the hilltop or whatever desire it may, it may be, mm -hmm. but you don't have that BMW in the driveway. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you will have what you need. Yeah. That's good. You know, you will have what you need. And really in the end, all we need is Jesus anyway. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Then you're not weighed down with all this other stuff that you have to do and take care of. Right stuff. It's so pertinent to where we are, though, especially in our in our culture here in the United mm -hmm. States. We think if I just work hard enough, mm -hmm. I'll get it. Yeah, and that may not necessarily be so. Mm -mm. You know, like while you're doing all that working, what are you neglecting? Right. I mean, you or Dane could have just killed yourself working to get enough money to keep the lights on. But what about your family, your kids, you know, yeah. and, or comforting you guys when, you know, mm -hmm. you had those losses and miscarried, like mm -hmm. you could have missed that. We could have missed a lot. Yeah. You know, we really could have missed a lot. Now, and I mean, obviously that's the good part of the story. I mean, there were definitely nights that, you know, I cried myself to sleep. There yep. were times when, 
the stress of it all uh, really put a strain on our marriage, mm-hmm. you know, but we look back now and we realize that because we, we, we knew we were going to get through and we knew who we had to lean on. Yeah. It made us into the people we are now. Yeah. You know, and like I said, when we faced that in 2018, it was like, okay, Lord, we're just going to, this doesn't make sense at all because had we moved, I probably could have been a stay at home mom, probably wouldn't even had to have worked. He would have made enough money that, Mm -hmm. and that I could have done that. Yeah. You know, so we really on the outside looking in, people probably like, well, that was crazy for him not to take that opportunity. You could have had everything you wanted. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But we would have missed all this. Right. We would have missed, you know, my daughter getting baptized here. We would miss my son, you know, doing all the stuff in youth ministry and having the group. Ben of loves working with him, by the way. <laughs> I'm glad. He loves working with him on the online side of things. Yeah, he's a he's a good kid. So we're very proud of him and and uh, hard to believe he's about to be a senior and getting ready to fly the coop. Jabin in itself, that's a whole he's a whole nother story in himself. Um, God really has had a call on his life since before he was born. He Mm. really is a walking miracle. He, he basically when I delivered him, I had my, I had no fluid at all. Mm. I almost left the doctor's office that day with no fluid and probably would have delivered a stillborn baby. Oh, wow. Had God just not intervened. Yeah. And his name actually means God has created because after my first miscarriage, Psalms 139 was my, my verse that all our days are numbered and that he knew them before the foundation of the world. And I just imagine God knitting you, you know, it talks about God knitting you together and forming you in your mother's womb. And I thought about that first child and I was like, you know, God, you knew about this child Mm -hmm. and you decided to take this child home. Right. And so, um, Dane's first name is actually Jonathan, little side note. And so we knew we wanted Jabin to have the same initials as his daddy. And so Jabin is a Hebrew name that means God has created. That is so cool. Yep. And so when we found out we were having a boy, we named him Jabin Daniel. And so Jabin is God has created and Daniel is God is my judge. And we have felt like. There's a lot of thought in that yeah. name. I love it. Yeah, I, I do. I have a lot of thought into to names. And then Bella's is actually Isabella. Um, which is the Spanish version of is Elizabeth, which mm-hmm. is consecrated to God. Mm-hmm. And then May is her middle name, which uh, is after my grandmother, May, who was a strong Christian woman that really had a powerful impact on my life. I love that. Yeah. Lots of uh, interesting little tidbits and, and stuff, but God's good and he's faithful and he will walk you through whatever it is that you're facing Um, and you may or may not have exactly everything the way you imagined it. But for us, he did above and beyond what Mm -hmm. we could have ever imagined. And I think it was just such a faith builder for us to say, okay, he did see us when we were going God, but why? Yeah. But why? Yeah. And then all these years later, we're talking 10, 15, you know, 10, probably 10 to 12 years later, he said, here's why. Yeah. I was getting you to this point. Yeah. So sometimes I feel like our stories, like we were like the Israelites walking through the desert in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> but you know, and some of it was self-inflicted, um, not having a plan, not being prepared, and then some of it was I really just felt like God was refining us, mm. and so purging some things out so we could be in a place to receive in a grateful heart, not a prideful heart, because I think had He given us the things we wanted earlier. You would have thought, oh, we might have just been like, see ya. 
you know, and we did this. I did this myself. Yeah. You know, so we know for a fact we did not do this ourselves. (laughs) All the things that happened did not happen by our account. God said, here you go. (laughs) Well, is there anything that you haven't mentioned that you feel like you'd want to share with, with the listeners or any scripture that. Well, I think for me, I know when I was struggling and we were going through these hardships, I was somewhat ashamed that we were going through stuff. So I didn't necessarily share. And also really, we didn't have a, a community of people that we could kind of come into uh, at that time right. where we were. We were always in, lo- in smaller churches, not larger. But I think it's easy for when you are discouraged to want to isolate and pull back. Mm-hmm. and to not share the nitty gritty and to not be open and honest and transparent. Yeah. And I think because of that, I tend to almost overshare now because I want to be as transparent as possible. I'm the same way. So people know that, you know, I'm real. Yep. Dane and I may be, we may be in ministry. He may be a pastor. I may be a pastor's wife, but we still have real issues. We still have real family drama. Yep. We still have real things happening. Yeah. Um. You know, he's had, all kinds of health issues lately that we've had to deal with. Right. But don't let Satan convince you that you are the only one going through that problem. Yeah. You are not alone. No. By any means. And I think people finding their voice. Now that doesn't mean you go out and you blab it all over the place. Sure. You're not getting on Facebook and like, right. Oh, I can't do that. Da, 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 da. Right. But it's having that close group of friends or if you don't have that person reaching out to somebody there's all sorts of organizations you know i mean even our local radio station has somebody that you can call and pray with yeah you know that can connect you but getting connected with a body of believers um that can come alongside of you and pray for you and help you sort through that don't become isolated right because that's where the discouragement comes in Mm -hmm. i think you know you think about the shepherd um how he goes after that one sheep and and brings them back in well, if that one sheep stays isolated by choice and keeps running from the good shepherd, the wolf's going to eventually show up, yep. you know. And so don't don't allow whatever it is you're walking through discourage you to the point that you are isolated. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times I feel like and we've seen it in ministry when people are discouraged and they feel and I mean, the church, the body may be doing everything they can. But if we don't know about something, we can't come alongside and help. That's right. And so Satan will use that lie of, well, see, they don't care about you. Mm -hmm. And then they disappear. And then they're still walking in that discouragement. So I think that's the biggest thing is just realizing that it's okay to have problems. It's because we're going to. Yeah. We're going to face real stuff and real hard stuff. And we, you know, as your friend, I may not have the answers. But I can at least listen sure. and we can pray to the one who does have all the answers. Right. And and to hold out for that hope, you know, um, hold out for the promise that God's not finished with you. There's a line in the song and it says that I'm not who I was when I took my first step, but I'm clinging to the promise. You're not through with me yet. So if all these trials bring me closer to you, I will walk through the fire if you want me to. Mm. And I think for years I repeated that line over and over again because I knew he was walking me through something Yeah. because he wanted me to go through it. And it did lead me closer to him. Yeah. So don't let trials push you away. Let them push you closer. That's so good. This life, we are just like a vapor. Mm-hmm. We're like the grass that withers. We're just in the bigger scheme. Mm-hmm. So it's not about me. I love it.
friends, wasn't that good? The goodness of God through miscarriages, through barely having enough money to feed a family, goodness in marriage, her job situation, his job situation, and anything else that comes along because of the hope that she and Dane have because the Lord has always been good to them and taking care of them. I love the scripture she used, and they'll be listed in the show notes for you guys to go back and read. Uh, I just pray that this touches your heart as much as it touched mine. If you liked today's episode, like it, comment on it, share it with a friend. You guys know what to do. You can find us on Instagram, or you can shoot us an email to notaboutmepodcast at gmail.com because we would love to hear how God is moving in your life. Join us next time here on the podcast as we continue with this series, uh, The Goodness of God. Uh, Also, we're going to be having some testimonies coming up to help encourage you guys and some really exciting things for 2023. So we'll see you next time on the Not About Me podcast.